0: Let's do this. Hour number two of Blaine and Mickey on a, man, a gorgeous Friday in the Music City. Thanks for hanging out with us today. Chris Harris uh, sitting in for the hit man. He's got some well-deserved time off. Uh, you know him from WSMV Channel 4. Maybe you know him just because you're from here and he's from here. Uh, I, I feel like I'm doing the show with a unicorn today, a, a native <laughs> this is This is insane. It's a
1: point of pride, man. It's a point of pride. There it's got to be. Us.
0: You also have to be looking around, thinking, "Who are all these people? Where do these people come, <laughs> Where from?
1: come from? Where do they come from? What do these buildings have? <laughs> Why Just are a there all these man?
0: all these cranes?" <laughs> um, yeah, it's uh, definitely a different world. Part of that world I- is this, and this is something that broke yesterday during the second hour of our show. It was so important that Res- Rhett Bryan came in and talked about it with us. Uh, Nissan Stadium renovation talks between Mayor John Cooper's administration and the Titans expanding in recent weeks to include the possibility of not just renovating Nissan stadium, but building a new stadium. This is all from Nate Rao of Axios. Um, interesting to discuss this with Chris and Buck rising came in earlier and uh, Luke Worsham of A Z sports is going to join us. Oh, coming up in probably 12 minutes or so. And this is certainly a topic of on- ongoing discussion, but this has been out there for right at about 24 hours. And the reaction from a certain group of people is, I can't wait to go to everything. I'm going to go to the Final Four here if they do this. I'm going to go to the Super Bowl. I'm going to go to the SEC Championship football game. I We're going to get everything. Sudden, at that point, there's nothing Nashville can't do. There's zero things that you couldn't host. So a lot of people jump on that bandwagon. Meanwhile, a bunch of day one Titans fans say, Literally somebody tweeted us earlier and said, I just bought a PSL. What does this mean for me? Well, it doesn't mean anything for a few years. We got a question. Somebody else tweeted earlier and said, what's the timeline for this? Well, they haven't even said, we're going to do it. This is just, let's explore the possibility. Yeah. But us knuckleheads in sports, like, no, no, we're going to do entire shows about this. <laughs> so you guys just have to do it. We're talking years down the road. If they all shook hands today and said, let's do it, we're still talking a long time to turn. A piece of land into a hole in the ground and then fill it with the stadium
1: right and yeah. i'm I'm curious to see too yeah the timeline and how quickly they want to move on it because they know that what was the timeline for the renovations and having to get those done Right. Sure. and so now you're looking at more time than that to build an entire stadium if that's the route that they go so yeah the timeline will be interesting and i just love it it coincides right with the amount that nashville continues to grow and this is another piece uh there
0: seems to be a genuine fear uh, amongst some, not all, amongst some Titans fans of, you know, I, I don't want this. I, I like it just the way it is now. I like the stadium. I got my spot. I got my parking lot. My friends and I go and we do this and I, I sit with the same people and I have for 17 years and there's a, there's a big consensus of that and then saying, do I just lose my spot? Does it just disappear and then I buy back in? Will you move me? You know, do I get the option to sit in the same section with the same people? If I spend this much now, do I spend twice as much then? And those are all genuine concerns. But as of right now, again, this is all just some people saying, well, we're going to spend 600 and dress this one up. Once we looked into it, it made no sense. And $600 was not going to do the things we wanted because of this being obsolete. And like the windows, I guess, on the mm-hmm. stadium, there's a story about the windows. They don't that, make them anymore. They don't make them anymore. Yeah. So there's all these things that it's like, oh, shoot. Well, okay, if you change something, it's okay. Well, what's this going to cost? Well, the cost got to be almost twice as much to do what they wanted to do with the 600. Is now like a billion-dollar job. Well, if you're going to spend a billion, what's well, a few more hundred thousand at that point to make something that, again, allows you to host literally anything that exists on the earth
1: Sure, could come here? And the other question I have, too, and I get the want to play on grass stuff, and like I – I love grass, and obviously, you know, in Arizona they do that where they roll the actual grass in even though yeah. it's a covered place. And so you can do all that stuff. My question is, like, to the, to the fans who may be reticent about wanting a dome downtown, like, w- did you sit out there when the Dolphins came in here this year and it was 35 degrees and raining? Like, would you have <laughs> rather, you know what, let's, let's close the roof and maybe we can stay dry and warm. and Like, I'd be all about that.
2: Or that Texans game. Yeah, that was misery. Yeah,
1: I, just in the rain, in the pouring down rain. Mickey and sure. I were
2: nice and dry here at the Zone Studio, but yes. that
0: looked like absolute misery. <laughs> oh, I've <clears throat> been to some games there. Um, hotter than hot and colder than cold, and um, you know that mid thirties and and rain. What was the what was the preseason game? Is it against Green Bay?
1: Oh yeah, the deluge. Where, yeah, it, the one where the great story about that game is there. So four af- local TV affiliates down there, right? only one of the, our photographers' cameras out of the four station was still working by the end of that game because it was raining so hard. <laughs> Put a dome, man. Rolling <laughs> that roof. I'm all about it. Um,
0: well, it'll be a fascinating thing to follow, but if you're going to spins. It becomes like you with a bathroom renovation at your house. And you call the guy over and you go, I got this much to spend. And he goes, well, let me just look and see what I'm working with. And he comes back and he says, for that much, I can probably like put on a new toilet seat and a coat of paint. And uh, I can put up a new mirror. And you go, okay. But I mean, like I wanted to wipe it out and replace it. Well, here's what that's going to cause. Okay. Where you just have this realization with money, where it's like, "Well, this is how much I'm going to spend," and the guy goes, "That literally doesn't address the problem." It's some what's the old saying, "Lipstick on a pig"? At that point, that's lipstick on a pig. I I know this because my wife and I had a guy come over and look at our bathroom. We're like, "We're thinking about this much," and he's like, "I could replace the toilet in the mirror. (laughs) I could probably put new sinks in for that. Um, I can't tile the floor." And he said, "If you even want to touch the shower, like that's your budget. So if you're thinking about a bathroom renovation, that's <laughs> but but that's all I could think of was was Amy Adams, strunk you know, and John Robinson and the mayor having this discussion. It's like, well, we were just thinking more that you know we could uh, you know put a to a new toilet in, right. and the and guy then,
1: comes to him, he's got like the visor and the the little." Pad and yes. like checking things off. Well, here's what you can do with what you said you wanted to spend. And here's what I can do. And like slides the pad over and says, this is what it'll cost. And oh, okay. That's not the
0: number we were thinking. <laughs> but at that point, it's like, okay, do I just want to go get another house? And that's where they are. I mean, well, we're going to redo the bathrooms and maybe the kitchen. Well, here's what that costs. Wow. Maybe we should just build another house because that's what we're talking about. Yeah. Um, we discussed this earlier and you talked about going downtown on a Wednesday and like, you just couldn't believe how many people were there. And I said the same thing. I had to take my wife down there for a charity event on a Tuesday night. And there were people standing on top of people. And this was during COVID. So this wasn't like just in a free, go do anything you want with no mask, no fear, no nothing, which some people have that. And some people don't, we're not political, but I'm just, this was even post COVID that I couldn't believe how many people were down there. So what happens On the east bank of the stadium, period. I know there's the iron recycling. I know there's that. But downtown is kind of landlocked. Like, it is what it is. And the next frontier is across the river. So if you're the Titans and you've got the opportunity to essentially control for the next how many decades with a stadium and things around the stadium, I've explained this before, like, where the battery is for the Braves. I said, if somebody told you 10, 20 years ago, we're going to build a town out there with a stadium in the middle up for the Braves, he said, I would have never guessed there, not in a million years, not there. And we had somebody in in the zone chat said, may seem ridiculous, but why, why not just take it away from downtown somewhere? Build up another area. I, I, I think the frontier is downtown. It's got to be downtown. That's where the magic is. That's yeah. where everything is.
1: Yeah, it's got to be downtown. I get angry when I go places to other cities who have. Go to Kansas a- City. Have, uh, to eat right. Oh, my gosh. Right.
0: You're, you're like, wait a second. Where's the stadium? Yeah.
1: And it's in its own little area. But yeah, <laughs> like I'd rather just be, you know, like San Diego, for instance, like you're walking around downtown San Diego and then all of a sudden you turn a corner in the middle of the buildings and oh, there's the baseball stadium. And it's awesome. And that's the way it should be.
0: Well, the secret sauce is downtown. That's where everybody is. It's built in everything. It's where all the hotels are. It's where everything is. The interesting thing for Nashville will be, how would it then be forced possibly to address mass transit to get people who would stay in the bedroom communities for all these events to then get them more easily in and out of downtown while all of us live and work down here? You know, you're not too far away at channel four. We're close, right? Almost downtown here. So, uh, what happens in the city continues to be fascinating, but what happens around the stadium will be even more fascinating. And uh, we can get into that. And a whole lot more with Luke Worsham next uh, with A to Z Sports. He wrote an interesting article. What does the addition of Tim Kelly mean for the Titans? He may have called it something different, but that's the gist of the article. Definitely want to get into that. And more with him has covered the Titans now. Uh, Luke Worsham of A to Z Sports coming up next on Blaine & Mickey with special guest Chris Harris of WSNV. Blaine and Mickey, 104.5 The Zone. Uh, A little breaking news. uh, I see this per Brandon Marcello, Auburn. Wide receivers coach Eric Kiasau has been promoted to offensive coordinator. And uh, defensive analyst Rock Bellatoni has now been elevated to edge linebackers coach and special teams coordinator. So uh, he's walking around the staff going, you want a promotion? We've got spots available. Uh, We've got a spot available on our show right now. Luke Worsham joins us from A to Z Sports. Luke, if you were on the Auburn staff, you'd probably be like defensive coordinator by now.
3: Mickey, you are the king of the Segway. <laughs> impeccable work, as always. Uh,
0: I've got to be good at something because I'm just, you know, got to keep myself around here and show some versatility and some value. Uh, Luke, with A to Z Sports, plenty of value there: writing and podcasting and blogging uh, and everything else. Also, the No Nonsense Podcast. Curious to get your thoughts, because uh, Chris Harris is hanging out with me today. He's a native Nashvillian, uh, certainly a, a, a guy who knows sports in this area, covering it for Channel 4, and we've talked with him, and we've talked to Buck Rising. Curious to get your thoughts on all this stadium stuff that's blown up in the last 24 hours.
3: Yeah, I think it was surprising because I think we all have been operating under the assumption for the last really more than a year that it was going to be a renovation project. And that's what Amy Adams-Strunk said, and she cited uh, Miami and what they did with their stadium, ended up getting a Super Bowl out of that. And so I think we are operating that because the reason that Nashville can't get a Super Bowl right now, uh, what my understanding, it comes down to luxury suite space within Nissan Stadium. Mm. And so everyone thought, well, they'll renovate it because Nissan Stadium is a great venue. Like, I love that stadium. There's not a bad seat in there. You know, I grew up going to the Titans games, and it's a great place to to go watch a game. But, you know, with this new information coming out about, you know, they would have to replace all the plumbing and, like, there needs to be steel as the base. You know, I I, I get paid to talk about football. I don't know anything about construction, but I'm going to take that at face value. and, and, And based on all of those things, it sounds like it's a money issue now where, as, a, as a, It's not a vanity thing. it's it's It would be cheaper to build a new stadium than it would be to, quote-unquote, fix Nissan Stadium. Uh, and 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 that's really interesting. And now I think you have to operate under the assumption that this is probably going to happen within the next five years.
0: Well, and the other thing is this. Nowhere, nowhere, anywhere in Nate Rowell, who started all this fun discussion, nowhere in his report did he say, and a domed stadium. But that's just kind of the yeah. thing we've all taken off and run with.
3: Yeah, and it's, you know, not all of the new stadiums are domed. The one that comes to mind immediately is the 49ers, Levi Stadium in Santa Clara. That that came around, oh, maybe 2014, 2015. Uh, There's no roof there, and there was a Super Bowl played there. And in Miami, you know, they renovated their stadium. There's no roof. They got a Super Bowl. So I don't know that you necessarily need a roof. It certainly seems where most of the stadiums are heading, though there are those exceptions. Certainly Minnesota, Atlanta, uh, SoFi Stadium is domed. I don't know. Like, I've seen a lot of discussion about that back and forth. And to be honest, I don't really know how I feel about that.
1: Well, let me just say they're not having a Super Bowl in Nashville in the second week of February if there's not a lid on the field because the potential yeah. for snow and ice and just all kinds of bad weather exists. Yeah. And so that's, I guess you
3: can get away with thing. that in, in South beach. And exactly. Then,
1: <laughs> and exactly. They're not having here. ice storms in Santa Clara, California. Yeah. Either, no, so. no yeah. ice.
0: Um, let's get into this, uh, Luke, you wrote about it. I'm curious to get your thoughts. Uh, now that we kind of back out of the stadium, talk a little bit, Tim Kelly, the addition of Tim Kelly, not as the OC, but as pass game coordinator, What does that do for Ryan Tannehill? What does that do for the Titans? If I'm a Titans fan, I got the bumper sticker on the back of my truck. You tell me what should I look forward to and how excited should I be? And should I be like telling all my friends, this is going to change everything. What give us a reason to, to be excited about this.
3: Yeah. Like you said, I wrote about this on on our site, a to z And I talked about it on our new podcast, the Tuesday Titans toss up and It's an interesting topic because I think a lot of people saw Jim Schwartz work so well in his role, and he certainly gets a lot of credit for what the Titans did defensively. But the reality is is that the Titans got a lot better personnel-wise. They totally revamped the defense, had, I believe, seven new starters on opening day. And Shane Bowen did a great job as defensive coordinator. And I think what what Schwartz helped with more than anything is – streamlining communication, making the scheme easier to grasp and understand week in and week out, because those were the problems the players were complaining about in 2020 when the defense was one of the worst ever on third downs. Now, you look at the Titans' offense from 2021. They bring in Tim Kelly, and a lot of fans have made the and Brable even said he's going to have a similar role to Jim Schwartz, and a lot of fans have said, well, you know, this is the guy that's going to come in. Here's the difference, though. For, for Tim Kelly to have the same effect as Jim Schwartz, it would have to be the same problem. Again, Jim Schwartz used his experience and his knowledge to make communication easier, to to help with streamlining the system. The, the complaint that I think we all have with the Titans offense is that the play calling is uncreative and the route concepts are very elementary and there's not a whole lot of flow. And so – I think that to expect Tim Kelly, and, and I think he's going to help, certainly, but to expect him to, like, revolutionize things, like, do we really think that Tim Kelly's going to get in a room with Todd with Downing and, like, quote-unquote, teach him how to call plays? Like, that just doesn't make a whole lot of sense because, number one, Tim Kelly's younger than Downing. Um, and also, it's not like Tim Kelly has this great resume, like it's it's all right, but the the notches on his belt are making Davis Mills serviceable and having a middle ranked offense with Deshaun Watson in twenty nineteen. Like that's not exactly Jim Schwartz's resume, which was a Super Bowl and years of being an outstanding defensive coordinator for the Titans, uh, for the Eagles, and as head coach of the Lions. All right.
0: I feel like you're not giving that level of excitement on this higher yet. That, uh, I'm kidding. I uh, look worship <laughs> our guest. So here, let me ask you this. And you, and you said this and I'm, I keep writing this in my notes and I'm thinking, well, we got a long off season to talk about it. So let's just start the discussion today. They changed the personnel on defense. Essentially, they said, it ain't us. It's you to the players. Yeah. I mean, they could have a really different offensive line based on some contract and free agency situations. All the tight ends are free agents. Uh, you you mm-hmm. could do some things maybe with Julio. You Receivers, do you think they just say, okay, we're going to revamp the offense while we're at it around because we're keeping Tannehill, we've told you that, and A.J. and Derrick yeah. Henry, and then we're going to put a bunch of new faces in the room?
3: I think it's a really interesting question because – I think if you had asked me this a month ago, like right after the Cincinnati loss, I would have said, well, it's probably going to be about the same. But sitting back and watching over the last month, I feel like there is going to be some significant turnover, partially because of the cap stuff. Like, you got to get rid of either Lawan or Saffold. You just have to, and it'll probably be Saffold. You might get rid of both of them, though. And then you have Ben Jones, the center, is an impending free agent. Uh, the right tackle, David Quesenberry, is a restricted free agent. But he uh, was statistically not good in 2021, gave up, I think, second or third, like most sacks in the league uh, among tackles. And so you might be looking at a different starter there, potentially Dylan Raiden. So the offensive line is going to see a major shakeup one way or the other. But then I think the skill positions could be up for that too. You're going to have A.J. Brown and Julio Jones because Jones' contract or is virtually guaranteed. So, and I don't think any other team is going to be trading for him. So you're sort of stuck with that, which stuck might be a, the wrong word because he is still good. It's just the the hamstring in and out stuff is really concerning. But uh, you know, John Robinson even told the Tennesseans, he's like, we we got to get receiver depth, and I think that's somewhere where you're going to see a lot of change. They got to get Tannehill someone so that in key situations he's not having to throw to these guys that are coming off the practice squad like. Uh, chester rogers and an early prediction I,
0: well, I think chester rogers sniped him <laughs> i think that chester rogers is
3: sorry i got a, a a phone call from someone else like one of those robo spam calls and that it was chester made me stop to talk to you. <laughs> you, so they're checking on your student loans yeah. yeah um but as i was saying you, you got to get rid of chester rogers and those types of guys get him some some weapons and then you said tight ends i mean I'm writing right now about what they need for next year at these positions and I'm putting by each position who they have currently. Yeah. And I just put a big NA by tight end because it's no one.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Uh it's there's like the Will Smith meme, looking around Bel Air and everybody's gone.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean and you look too at the offense last year, like the the injuries played a, a huge part across the board, right? But that that's part of it. So what what do they need? We know they need To either to revamp or to add or to get better. Pass blocking was a huge Achilles heel for most of the year, and then depth at receiver. And I think that and and obviously there's no one on the roster for tight end, so like that's something you got to fix. But those other two things, like those are those are two very key components into having an effective offense. I think that's where you start.
3: And the offensive line thing, I think, is frustrating because it's like, what do you do? I mean, do you try to get Lawan to pick a pay cut? I don't know that you really can because he's he's helped him out in the past. I don't know that you make that approach to his agent. Do you draft a tackle high for the third year in a row? I mean, year one was obviously a disaster with Lazy Panda, but even Raiden's, like, he, he didn't get on the field until, like, week 15, week 16. Like, do you take a third swing and, and hope that you hit it this time? It's going to be really interesting, I think.
1: Well, when they revamped the defense, they didn't do it through the draft, they went out and got free agent guys who they knew what they were capable yep. of doing. So if, if you That's follow true. that recipe for success, then you do that with the offense too. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: Zach Cunningham to me is such an interesting thing. Luke. I, I think they want yeah. him. I mean, they hired his former position coach for at least a couple of his years with the Texans, but you can't have him at his current structure. Uh, there's no dead money to just tear up his contract. And if you do that, it's not like he's going to get what he was going to No one else is going to go, okay, 10, 11, and 12 and a half. Yeah, we're good for that for an off-the-ball linebacker. This is where he's wanted, and I'm sure he wants to be here. But they got to figure something out financially for uh, for Zach Cunningham while keeping him, I would say.
3: I think they do want to keep him because when John Robinson talked to Jim Wyatt for the Titans website, he used a phrase kind of like, you know, we look forward to him growing with us and seeing what he can continue to do. Like to me, that doesn't sound like someone that you're on the verge of cutting. But ten point five million dollars is a lot in the year of our Lord twenty twenty one or twenty twenty two, rather for an inside linebacker in the NFL. Yeah, like those that position has become so replaceable, so interchangeable. And look, I like Cunningham. He did a great job for the Titans when he came in in the middle of the season. But it's just that position isn't terribly valuable. You can get I mean, they have Monty Rice, they have David Long, who's a good player. Uh, and so I think maybe you try something there, try to get out of that $10.5 million cap hit, because that's that's a lot of money. And like you said, no one else is paying that to him. And he is a good player, but that's just too much for the position in the modern NFL. do you do with Harold Landry? Oh, you do anything you can to keep them around. <laughs> like that's not even a that's not even a conversation. Your I, guy
0: Buck I, is I saying he wants to have the most in his room, though. His room's got a pretty hefty guy, price wise, sitting next to him.
3: Yeah, sometimes I have to apologize for him. He doesn't always know what he's talking. <laughs> yeah. right um, it was, was This guy that said they didn't need to resign Derrick Henry, and we saw how that worked out. But well, he's owned that. Um, look, with Harold Landry, first of all, I think he has more value to the Titans than anyone else because of the way that they use him taking advantage of his versatility. I mean, they rush him from on the ball, off the ball, they play him in coverage, and all of that finally came to fruition this past season. But he's just, like, the best part of this team, other than Derrick Henry, the best part of this team is that pass rush, which was unbelievable in 2021. Smothered quarterback after quarterback, Joe Burrow more than anyone else. And I think you got to do everything in your power to keep that together, and not say, "Well, we'll let Harold Landry go and let another team bite that bullet, and and we'll just go in the draft and find someone." Because what if you go in the draft and draft someone that's not any good, and then you're stuck? So do everything you can to keep that group together. And I like I saw a poll by some Titan that, that a Titans fan put up on Twitter, and it was like. You know, if Harold Landry costs, because he says he wants more than Bud Dupree, if Harold Landry costs however much that would be, would you keep him? And I looked at the results. It was like 98% yes. And and I think you have to have that attitude about him.
1: Well, and just you know what you're getting, right? And he's a guy who's who's reliable and what's the best ability, availability. He's always there. Yeah. So that's another thing, too. I think I'm curious, Luke, and you know this, like we're at the, the press conferences and. Uh, at the very last press conference too, uh, after the game, uh, when the sacks were brought up and the quarterback pressure was the nine sacks against the Bengals and Variable kind of eschewed that and was like, Well, yeah, you know, it's sacks, whatever. You know what I like? I like turnovers. Like what's what's mm-hmm. the and that's like the million dollar question. Like, how do you work and how do you end up forcing more turnovers? What's what's the secret sauce?
3: It, it's so weird because I I tend to be of the camp that turnovers are a lot of times luck. Like especially for a team like the Titans that plays a ton of man coverage, you kind of have to get thrown one. Like, I know Bayard is really, really good at baiting the quarterback with his eyes, mm-hmm. and, you know, he racked up four or five interceptions, however many he had this past year. Like, that's going to happen when you have really talented players like that. A lot of times it's just kind of luck. And, like, I, I talked to Rashawn Evans about this one day. I was like, what do you do? And he says, well, you you rally to the ball, and, and when you rally to the ball – the second guy that gets there can reach in and, and try to force a fumble. Like, I, I, I appreciate the sentiment, and I think Vrabel is right that they could use more turnovers. Like, that's not really how you win games in the NFL. Like, you you, you want to win the turnover battle. Like, you don't want to be giving it away. But you can't enter a game and being like, we're going to win this game because we're going to get turnovers. Like, that that's kind of like plan B. And the Sacks, plan A – Work to perfection. Uh, I can't remember the score of that playoff game, but they didn't give the Bengals very many points. Problem was they were turning the ball over on offense. Yeah. So uh, that that's the turnover problem that needs correcting more than more than the other one.
0: Luke Orson from A to Z Sports. Hey, just on the way out, uh, name something more unlikable than the Bengals offensive line.
3: <laughs> yeah, it was painful to watch them in the Super Bowl because. It's, not, like, it's just their attitude. It, they're so bad. Like Joe Burrow is getting mowed over constantly throughout this postseason. And then they get up and grandstand and want to dance and hover over people. And like, Imagine losing the Super Bowl and your first instinct is to get on Twitter and trash talk. And that's what Quentin Spain did. Like, Quentin Spain lost the Super Bowl, like huge crushing loss on the biggest day of your life. And my man gets on Twitter and starts picking a spat with Jeff Simmons, who, by the way, of the people who are under contract with the Tennessee Titans, is the last person I would want to fight. Mike Vrabel's a close number two, but <laughs> Big Jeff would be number one.
0: Oh, yeah, I saw you tweeting about that. I had to bring it up. I did that to elicit some kind of response. Uh, all right, at Luke underscore Worship, you had to go and follow him now. A to Z Sports, no nonsense pod. And what's the newest? When you said Titans Tuesday, take what is this alliteration? Yep. What?
3: Yeah, we, we launched this on Tuesday. This is on our A to Z Sports Podcast Network. Uh, go go subscribe to that wherever you listen to your podcast. The Titans Tuesday toss up, just once a week, just me on Tuesdays for less than ten minutes, covering a topic during the off season. We had our first one this past week. Uh, you can find that anywhere if you listen to the Tighten Up Podcast, Big Orange Podcast. Uh, it's the same place you find that on our A to Z Network.
0: Sounds like a fantastic use of just under 10 minutes of your life each week, and you can count me in. Uh, Luke Worsham, fantastic stuff, man. Always good catching up with you, buddy.
3: Thanks, Chris and Mickey. Appreciate you guys. Yes, sir. Luke
0: Worsham. Uh, Seriously, follow him on Twitter. Really good follow at Luke underscore Worsham. You get uh, comments on things like the Bengals offensive line. Uh, There's some huge college football news today. Uh, Some of you love it. Some of you hate it. We'll hit you with that. Also, we will call our shot Coming up next, like we do every Friday when we close out this program. That's coming up next on Blaine and Mickey. Blaine and Mickey, 104.5 The Zone. Good job by Chris Harris today, man. Thanks for hanging out with me. Happy to do it. Appreciate you. Next the time invite, you just man. next time you can do like all the hosting and I'll just say a little <laughs> bit of stuff because you're nah, killing it, man. I got After
1: the easy you, job right now.
0: No, nah, there's nothing easy, but this is really hard. <laughs> just know how hard this advocating. This is somebody asked me, could you describe? Two things been recently. Somebody said, describe yourself, and I said, oh, that's easy. Like if a Toyota Camry was a person, <laughs> that's me. Like nobody wants that. I'm never the first choice. <laughs> You know, Old, I don't come reliable in, don't like come that, in right? fancy colors, but 27 years later, you're still still riding with me. Great mileage. I, sh- I show up every day. I'm a Toyota Camry. And they said, what's your job like? And I said, it's like getting paid to eat ice cream. I mean, it is. We're talking about sports in a city that loves sports. It's crazy. Uh, and for all you college basketball fans who love the idea of expansion, it ain't happening anytime soon. Uh, this happened right before we came on the air Uh, The news coming out from just name your favorite. Normally, I try to attribute, like Chris Harris from Channel 4 said this, just attribute this to every one of your favorite college football reporters. Uh, The format is going to remain four teams through the 2025 season. Um, They're now going to focus on a new format for 2026 officials. I saw this from Ross Dellinger, and I will say this. If they come up with something new, like the 12 that they had discussed, it would have started in 2024 and 2025. They would have made an extra $450 million in revenue. And they were like, nope,
1: screw everybody. Don't want to
0: do that. When do you know any sport to turn down millions in revenue?
1: Yeah, that's, something, that's an interesting decision. Um, I, don't, I am all over the place with it. Some days I'm like, you know what? Or some years, I guess. I'm like, you know what? We, we need more. And other years I'm like, what difference would it make? Like this year? Yeah. <laughs> what difference would it make? Other than just seeing more football. That's
0: it. Oh, I'd say I'm such a proponent of more football. Yeah. I said six from the day one. When it was like, they're going to go to a playoff, I said six. Give the top two a bye and just have six. And I don't care how you work it out. Uh, it could just be the highest rated six or, uh, you know, I, the power five plus. plus four. I don't know. Just six was always my number. As nutty as this sounds, other than more football, I'm okay with it being Four. Yeah. Now, our buddy Alan Bell, who's a sports line, said people were PO'd at the NFL. We're going to expand the playoffs again for more money. He goes, and he's right. This may have been the most compelling playoffs we've ever seen in sure. the NFL. It was incredible. I mean, how many games in a row were fi- were figured out on oh, the, the last, last play? play of the game yeah. by three points or less? It was insanity. Uh, I-, I don't know. The more football argument is the most compelling one to me. That's it. Like, hey, there'd be more playoff games. Oh, there'd be more more games? Yeah, okay. I Extend the season another week or two? Count me in. That's the most compelling thing to me.
1: And it's really, yeah, it's really the only thing. Because it's not like the thing about March Madness with basketball, right, is that Cinderella's do make a run and get into the Final Four, and, like, that legitimately happens. (sighs) It ain't happening with this. It It is is not not happening in college football.
0: Cincinnati was uh, Cinderella this year, and the the slipper broke as soon as they had to play Alabama. Yeah. Although they acquitted themselves... Maybe better than some thought they would. Sure. they, they it, it wasn't 56 They're a really good football team. Uh, and I don't know if that quarterback's not available, you know, where he might go. Uh, he's Ryan Tannehill's his role model, Desmond Ritter. Yeah. He patterns his game after Ryan Tannehill, among others. Uh, it's time to call our shot courtesy of our friends at Chattanooga Whiskey. This is how we wrap up our week every week with Chattanooga Whiskey. Uh, available at your favorite Nashville retail store. Drink Chattanooga Whiskey. Enjoy responsibly uh, as is tradition. Lucas we will have the first serve here. Lucas Panzica. what do you got? Going college
2: hoops with my shot down in Gainesville. The Florida Gators have their back up against the wall. They and Joe Lenardi's latest bracketology projections are not in the first four out, but in the next four out. And there's been a lot of inconsistency down there with Mike White in his tenure. They're hosting number two Auburn tomorrow. Now, Auburn's had some shaky performances recently. They escaped a really bad Georgia team a couple of weeks ago. Vandy was dunking all over them in the first half. I don't know if you guys watched that game, I think, on Wednesday. Uh, but Auburn ultimately kind of ran away in the end yeah. and won by 14. I think they slip up once down the stretch here. They're really, Their only tough opponent remaining is Tennessee on the road. I think they slip up once down the stretch. My shot is Auburn falls at Florida tomorrow for only their second SEC loss this season. Mm. I may completely eat my words. Florida has looked really bad in stretches. And Auburn, when they're when they're on, they're on. They're one of the best teams, if not the best team in the country. But that's my shot. Auburn falls in an upset down against a desperate Florida Gators team.
0: And for Chris Harris, if you don't know, like Blaine and me usually pick something pretty close. Sometimes Lucas will come on and go, Niagara is playing Butler in lacrosse on Saturday. (laughs) First quarter over. And Niagara's first quarters have been dynamic this year. (laughs) They have a forward named Steve Worthington who leads all of the... Niagara Falls League and assist. And we're just like, just get to it. I'm yes. taking the first half over in that game.
1: I hope you use that voice when you talk about lacrosse.
0: <laughs> that's his it. lacrosse voice. Yes. It's very obscure. That, I think that's
1: Mickey's impression voice.
0: <laughs> for pretty much everything. Which you've done that to me before. Like, please tell me that's your voice for this. Anyway, I, I kind of have a stock couple of things. That's one of my go-tos. All right, Chris Harris, uh, parting shot. Call your shot right here on Blaine and Mickey. What you got?
1: Call your shot. Let's say tonight. Predators play tonight, right? The Predators are the most penalized team in the NHL. Right (laughs) Right
0: in the world, yes.
1: Last three games, they've allowed at least one goal in each game, uh, and the other team has been on the power play. I'm going to say tonight, they do not allow a power play goal to the other team. Streaks got to end at some point. Why not tonight in Carolina? Could, it, really?
0: could that lend itself to a dub, possibly, as part
2: Perhaps. of the shot? I mean, uh, what, one would
1: think that if you stay out of the penalty box and you don't allow power play goals, your chances of winning increase exponentially. Been a
2: tough stretch for the Canes the last couple weeks.
0: Yeah. Yes, and for the Preds. Uh, what, uh, lost, lost three in a row. three in a row, yeah. so uh, they need to stay out of the sin bin tonight. Uh, I don't plan on spending any time in the sin bin, but I do think the balls. We'll beat Arkansas on Saturday. A lot of people, th- their goal was, could you split this week? Well, they've already gotten one. I think they're going to get that second one. Um, I feel good about them doing what they need to do in a great environment, and it should be an awesome game. Be rocking. And I think they can do enough to win. Maybe Folky, you know, messes around and gets a double double. Time for us to mess around and get out of here. Uh, Chris Harris, great stuff. Follow him at Chris Harris, WSMV. Watch the Olympic coverage because you're running out of time and we're running out of time. And 3HL is coming up next. We'll see you on Monday. And as Blaine and I always like to end it with, you know how this goes? We end with this. Peace! Peace. <laughs>